0: Get ready, it's time. Motherhood Talk Radio, starring Sandra Beck, is the most powerful voice in women's issues today. As the owner of Motherhood Incorporated, Sandra brings you inspiring, influential, and interesting resources to help you navigate everything from child care to corporate formation. Each episode of Motherhood Talk Radio features guests who all have a story, experts in their field, and information you won't want to miss. We bring you everything from the latest crafting tips to how to be successful in your 40s, from great parenting tips to moms facing some tough challenges, and most importantly, how to bounce back with style. Motherhood Talk Radio helps you make a difference in your world and the world around us. Being all you can be starts right here, right now. Let's do it. Here's your host, Sandra Beck.
1: Hey, mamas, this is Sandra Beck, and this is week two of our dream uh, extravaganza with J.M. DeBoard, and he's written some great books, The Dream Interpretation Dictionary and Dreams 123, which are available on Amazon. And we're going to talk about today so many things about dreams and motherhood and pregnancy and all sorts of things. Because one of the things that happens, J.M., when I get together with my friends, And we go out to dinner, like, you know, girls night or mommy's night. Like I have a hot tub in the mountains. So my friends come over, we all have some wine and some, you know, chips and cheese. And, and we start talking and invariably when you get a bunch of women together and they're all moms, they will come up with. I had a dream. I didn't want to get on the airplane with my kids. Uh, The pregnancy dreams are just crazy. And, you know, it's just wonderful that you can come on and kind of deconstruct some of these dreams because we kind of have a lot of the same ones.
2: Yeah, and, you know... Hashing things out among moms like that, I think it 's real important to understand for moms is that you aren 't the only one who are that 's having dreams about your children that or dreams that you are pregnant or even getting information that you may not be able to get otherwise, like knowing that you're pregnant before you've actually had a pregnancy test or had a doctor confirm it, but your body knows it and it's telling you in your dreams, you know, but also you will have dreams continually about the things that you care about most and the things that are the biggest parts of your life. And of course, as a mother, what's bigger than your children, you are going to dream about your children and your dreams are going to give you information about them. They are going to give you advice on, um, what's best for their health, what's best for their personal development. Um, It can even give you information about what's going on deep inside of them um, that you may not be consciously aware of. You know, children have a hard time expressing in words what they're really thinking. You know, they they can't wrap their mind yet around adult concepts, so they can only explain things in very simple terms. And often it is in feeling terms So in your dreams, you can be given information about your children that will help you as a mother to raise your child better, to keep them healthy, to keep them happy. Um, And when, you know, the dark clouds do come over, when they do get sick, you know, when they are unhappy, they help you to understand a little better about what is going on inside of them and what you can do as a mother to help them. So I hope today that we can get into that a little bit. We can, you know, I can give some general advice uh, to all the mothers out there about how to approach uh, their own dreams about their children. But also there's a reverse to it when your children come to you and tell you about their dreams. And when that happens, it will be good for you to have a little bit of basic advice so that you can approach encourage them to you know keep sending you uh their dream reports from their dreams and that you can encourage them to really engage with that fantasy land that we call their dreams so um sandra where do you want to pick up
1: well i i really want to start with the dreams that like, I always have dreams. I'm losing my kids. And thankfully, you know, they're old enough now that they can use cell phones. So the prospect of losing them isn't as frightening. Um, but is that a pretty common dream? Like, you know, and mine are always like at the water park and I turn around and one's gone, or I'm in the grocery store. I turn around, the other one's gone. And it plagued me for the longest time. And then they just stopped.
2: Yeah. And it sounds to me like you came to terms with something, which is the fact that your children grow up, that they start off like a
1: sucky single mother. So
2: (laughs) no, no. See, what I'm seeing here is a natural process of what happens when you go from being, you know, the end all and be all of your children's lives. You know, until they reach a certain point, they are completely dependent upon you. You know, you are mother, you know. Capital M. You are everything in their lives. They don't know anything except for you and the environment that you create for them. Then they go off to school and they start getting this taste of that there's a larger world out there, but they're still yours. They're still under your wing. They still come to you for everything. But then, you know, they get a little older and you start to see that there is this distinct personality that's developing that they start getting interests that are outside of your circle with them. And they might even have interests that you didn't have anything, uh, any part of as far as getting them interested in it, but they just naturally progress in some kind of direction. And there comes a point when you turn back, as a, you look back as a mother, and you go, "Wow, our relationship has changed." And this little person that I raised from the time that they came out of my body and was this completely, you know, dependent baby that fed off of me and lived off of me and was very much a part of me, and me to my to my child is now branching out. They're going off on their own. They're going out into the world. It doesn't mean necessarily like leaving for college or something. It can happen as early as what, Sandra? When did you first start to notice it as a mother? Maybe second, third, fourth grade when you really start to see that personality developing, and you start to see that they're developing interests of their own, and they are making their own decisions. Uh, it well, really depends are on the child because
1: they they were really different. Like if you ever watched the TV show Frasier, like I have Niles and Frasier as my own children so they were wickedly different from the get-go you know like one wanted to wear his diaper all the time one wanted to run around naked you know one wanted to choose his own clothes the other one you know would you know my 10 year old still doesn't get out of bed unless I throw his school clothes on his head and say get up the other one is already up an hour and a half before school and primping his hair so you know, I really started seeing them, you know, independently, but I'm also a little bit different than a lot of the moms because I was a single mom and caring for my dying mother. So they had to be independent and quick. Like when I look at my kids versus their peers, you know, by eight years old, they could do laundry. They could stack the dishwasher. Like they had to, JM. So I I would say their personalities came out really young, but by kindergarten, man, I could, they were Johnny on the spot at that point.
2: So that's when you start having dreams that you turn around and you're at the grocery store and your kid's gone, you know, or that you can't reach them on the phone or, you know, that that's what this theme often connects with is, is that it's saying that there is some kind of change in your relationship with them, that there's some kind of uh, connection that perhaps is lost, but. It's allowed to evolve. It can be lost at first, but you know as a mother that you're going to have to at some point allow them to take their lumps, to get out into the world, to try things, to succeed, to fail, you know, to learn, to grow. They have to have the room to be able to develop into adults because otherwise you're the, you know, you're the mom with the 40-year-old son who's still living in your basement playing video games, you know, and eating pizza. Not that there's anything wrong with that. It's just that you want them to be able to have a life of their own, and you want to encourage them to try things out for themselves, to learn how to make their own decisions. Ex- but it's going to be hard, you know. I mean, it's going to be hard as a mom to allow that transition to happen. You know, yeah, it's but funny, you know, I'll so- tell
1: you, JM, when they really piss me off, and then they tell me like. They don't need to wear shoes or they don't need they're fine in their socks and they can do this thing. They get a pricker in their foot. Yes, I will be lovingly pulling the pricker out. But there's a part of me inside that's like, ha told you so. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, you know, and they, that, that's how children learn. You know, I, I, you tell them that the stove is hot, you know, and they go, oh, you mean this stove? <laughs> you know, and they put their hand right on it. I mean, at least that's the kind of kid that I was. And I know I've observed that in a lot of other kids, too. Um, So uh, it's something that you are going to be guided as a mother to allow these changes to happen because it can be really hard to go. Do I really have to let them put their hand on the stove to figure out that it's hot, you know? And, you know, of course you don't want to end up in the ER with, you know, first degree burns or anything like that, or I guess third degree is the worst, but you know, or first degree, whatever. But you get the idea, you know, that you're going to, you, you, you've got, there are going to come times when you're going to have to allow them to, you know, take their lumps and to move on and you're going to have to allow the relationship to change. And as a mother, it can be the hardest thing in the world to do, but it's natural and it has to happen. And there are consequences if you don't allow it to happen. So there's a line between continuing to watch over them, to be mama bird, and you know, watch over them and 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 protect them, but at the same time give them enough rope that they can get out there and start to live their own lives. Your dreams will guide you toward that on a in a continuous sort of way. Even in a they can give you information in a direct sort of way, but they can also about your children, they can tell you what's going on in your children's lives. But mostly what they're gonna focus on is how things are changing inside of you and how do you adjust to these changes when children leave the home like they they go off for their job they get married they have you know these big changes in their lives they go off to college they need to get training whatever it is now they are no longer either directly in your home or their lives are so busy with other things going on that you as a mom you start to feel sort of like you're left out of the fun you know that your children your child is now gone and you know this empty nest Situation can show in your dreams and it's very common for moms to report at when they go through these big changes with their children that they will have dreams about an empty house that they, they look around and everything is now quiet, you know, that there there's this. and clean yeah you know and the nest is the now the nest is empty you know that they go into their child's room and realize there's no laundry there to pick up and take to the washer you know of course your children were learning you know to be very independent and of course it was because of a situation where you couldn't you know it's like well you know you've got mom in the house to take care of but the the point is is that this is a common scenario situation in you know the lives of mothers everywhere and they, their dreams are going to help them to make that transition to deal with the feeling of well, hey, I'm not as important as a mom anymore. My kids have learned. They've grown up. They're, they've left. They've gone off. They've gotten married. you know, uh, uh, They've gotten jobs. They have these adult lives of their own. Um, and so you as a mother, there comes a point when you have to allow things to happen.
0: Stay with us. There's lots more great conversation to come on Motherhood Talk Radio with Sandra Beck right after these messages my friends got the sunshine
3: above why am i making this hard on myself when there's so many beautiful reasons i have to be happy secret cuisines and sacred rituals is a quest a place and a feast join host vilasi Venkatachala every week to explore myths mystique old medicine and brilliant modern solutions through a dazzling kaleidoscope of cuisines cultures and cures this is the place where tribes gather and new cures. Join Velocity every Friday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time only here on the WooHoo Radio Network. It's words you never heard.
4: Man cannot live by bread alone. He must have his peanut butter. Peanut butter is a pate of childhood and it's not just for kids His dogs love it too. Last night I gave my dog a pill hidden in peanut butter. What's a word for a messy concoction that helps the medicine go down? liver sauce. Mice apparently prefer peanut butter to cheese when it comes to luring them into the trap. But there are even more practical uses for peanut butter. Peanut butter contains natural oils, which makes it perfect for removing all kinds of sticky things, like gum stuck in your shoe or in your hair. What's a word for the fear of peanut butter sticking to the roof of your mouth? And according to Barry Goldwater, if you don't mind smelling like peanut butter for two or three days, peanut butter is a darn good shaving cream. It's I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words.
0: Welcome back to Motherhood Talk Radio with Sandra Beck, bringing you interesting, influential, and inspiring guests every week, helping you make a difference in your world and the world around us. Let's get back to the show. Here's Sandra Beck.
1: Hey, Mamas this is Sandra Beck and we're visiting With J.M. DeBoard and One of the things J.M. that comes Up and especially as my kids have Gotten older not so much when they were little When they were little they'd come in and say mommy I had a nightmare and they'd be Scared and they would come in and tell me their nightmare And they would snuggle with me and fall asleep But my older ones You know they have have these Dreams and I don't really know how to Talk to them other than like Over breakfast going Huh (laughs)
2: Yeah, you know, it's a very common, uh, it's a question that I get a lot, Sandra, is, you know, how do I talk to my children about their dreams? Because the worst thing that you can do is to say, oh, it was just a dream, forget about it. You know your children are Experiencing this fantasy Land in their sleep and their dreams Tend to be very um, Archetypal in the sense of That there are these themes that play Out in them and it's real kind of Black and white you know you are The superhero and you're rescuing The princess or you are saving The kingdom you know or You there is this scary monster That's chasing after you or is in your Closet or underneath your bed or something Like that you know they're flying They're swimming underwater and they can breathe the water. They have these amazing adventures in their dreams. Every day is like it's it's an adventure, or every night is this, you know, fantastic adventure. And you don't have to get into the analysis of the dream with them. You're, you're not Dr. Freud going, OK, kids, sit down on the couch and let's talk about this. You know, what's your relationship like with your mother? You know, um, it's the point is, is that you can talk with your children about their dreams on a story level. And that means ask them questions about the story. Oh, you rescued the princess, huh? Did you have a sword? Did you have armor? What did the dragon look like? You know, where did you see the dragon? How did you get past the dragon? You know, um, and, and then just get them to talk about the details of the dream and to think of it as, okay, hey, you know, this could be a great like a, a children's storybook author would love to be here right now and get all of these details because you could weave this into, you know, a children's book. And that's really the way to approach it is to go, OK, let's get the kids to give as much detail as they can about the dream and then to answer questions about it so that. They can really understand the story of the dream and they can engage with it as a story. It doesn't to your children, to your young children, a dream does not have to be anything more than a fantastic story. And you taking interest in their dreams will encourage them to take more interest in their own. Um, my little niece, Clara, uh, I, she's about seven or eight years old. The last time I was up there, she heard that I wrote a book about dreams and she wanted to tell me all about her dreams. And my brother looks over, and he's like, yeah, man, this is every morning for me, man. The kid is just a, a <laughs> dream machine, man. She has all these fantastic dreams. And so I sat down with her and I listened to her dreams. I'm like, wow, this is really great. You know, uh, you know, and I got her to talk about the, you know, the story and how she felt about it and what happened in the dream. And, you know, I was careful to avoid any jargon or analysis or anything like that. And then I got home and I thought about it. I'm like, well, what could I do to encourage her to continue really delving into her dream life? So I found this uh, dream diary for kids. And it, inside of it was all of these little things like, what are the dreams you have for yourself? As you know for your life what do you Want to be when you grow up you know What are the wishes the dreams That you want for your parents For your siblings and it was This book is going to teach her to Understand that her dreams are A connector into all of These other areas of her life and That there is a reason why We say or like Walt Disney said A dream is a wish that the heart makes the, you know that there are things In your dreams that can Show you the potential for your your life that can open up new possibilities for yourself. At the very least, it's like having another, it's like living another life. You're allowed to get out of ordinary reality for a while and go to a place where anything can happen. So, you know, moms out there, dads out there, You know, encourage your children to tell you about their dreams. Give them a way of journaling their dreams. Let them know that their dream life is special, that there is something there for them that they can really benefit from it. And they don't even have to know that. Just allow them to have these fantasies. Tell them, hey, you know, you can wake up and continue a dream if there's something that feels like you want to continue on. You know, you can have these, you know, daydreams and continue where the dream left off you know and then when they go when they play their video games or something and they're in this fantasy land that's created as a digital you know fantasy land you can connect that with their dreams in fact if they play a lot of video games they'll probably dream about them a lot and i would encourage them to and to understand that those video games in their dreams are actually their dreams using this imagery to help them to sort of have these adventures and that their dreams really are these adventures. I have a a close friend of mine, good friend. Her name is Jean Campbell. um, And along with uh, Claire Johnson um, who wrote a book called sleep monsters and superheroes. And the subtitle is empowering children through creative dream play. And I tell you, you know, parents out there, if you want an awesome guide for understanding your children's dreams and working with their dreams in a very creative way, this is a great book. Um, I just pulled it up on Amazon as we've been sitting here, and I noticed that it is half price right now. So, you know, check it out. Uh, Sleep Monsters and Superheroes. Um, it's a great book. I was an advanced reader for it, so I had a chance to dig through this. And they bring in all of these world-leading experts, a lot of really big names that I recognize right away, people that I know. Um, who work with dreams, have been doing it for decades. And the advice that they give is really great. And it's really practical. You don't have to be a dream expert to
1: understand it. Well, and I think that's so important. Now, what would you say if there's a scary dream? Like, you know, how do you, how do you, how do you phrase that for a kid? You know, like, it's just a dream, like a story that your mind made up.
2: Well, you know, first to to have them step back from it and that it is a dream. Um, it is a story that your mind made up and that there is probably something that they are have been frightened by in their life. And for dreams, the things that are or for sorry, for children, the things that are scary are very straightforward and tend to be black and white. My teacher is intimidating. My teacher's scary. You know, the kid on the bus who's been picking on me, uh, you know, uh, the adult who has this dark cloud around their head, and as a child, you're trying to understand, well, what's going on with this person? Why do they have this dark cloud around them? You know The things that they find you know scary tend to be very black and white and very simple and that they're going to be expressed somehow in their dreams. So here's the number one advice, and you'll find this in Sleep Monsters and Superheroes. You'll find this advice is that the they, they can, in their dream, they can do anything that they want to. They can be anything that they want to be, and they can respond in the dream to the things that are scary by sticking up for themselves, by... uh Creating the barrier between them and the scary thing or just walk up to the thing and say, you're not so scary. I'm not afraid of you to embrace them, you know, to embrace the thing that is scary. This is probably one of the best techniques for children to um, get into uh, uh, to to understand the scary things in their dreams and to overcome whatever it is is to encourage them to just walk up and give it a big hug, you know, to tell like, it, oh, you're just a big baby. I'm gonna I'm gonna hug you to death. And it's this big dragon, scary looking thing, you know. And next thing you know, you got the little kid walking up to it, and you know, um, this is kind of, it was kind of like in the <coughs> Monsters Inc. If you've watched if you watch the movie Monsters Inc., there's the little baby girl. That is walking around and there's all these Scary monsters and the kid just kind of looks At it like oh that's cool you know So this is really good advice that you can give For your children to deal with the things that are Scary in their dreams is to work With it on a story level even if they can't do it while they're dreaming, have them imagine it afterwards. Go into the dream with them. Have them explain to the the dream to you. Say, okay, now close your eyes and picture the scene when the scary monster comes at you. And But this time, I want you to know in all of your heart that you have the strength to be able to stand up to this scary thing, that you can tell it, I am not afraid of you, that you can walk up to it and give it a big hug. Maybe it's just wounded. You know, maybe you help them to understand like, hey, you know, like if an animal's wounded, it might do something that it wouldn't do otherwise. Dogs will bite or, you know, something like that. And it doesn't it's just acting out of pain. You know, it's scared, too. And sometimes when things people get all big and scary or creatures get all big and scary, it's because they're wounded. They're in pain or they are scared themselves. And if you help your children to understand it that way it will help them to, um, A, to navigate their dreams better, but B, that will translate into their lives so that the things that seem scary to them, they can then have that courage to be able to confront it head on.
1: Well, I think that's really important information because as parents, you know, as a mom, if I know the theory of what I'm trying to do, I can do it in my own way with my own words and in a way my kids will understand. So thank you for that, because that nightmare thing is, it's tough, I think, for every parent. And if we can demystify dreams at a young age and show them how they can use them for their future good, you know, we're doing so much better than we were generation to generation. We're going JM. Thing, yeah. Oh, DeBord. I was just going to say, be- one of the
2: best things you can do for your children is to do that, yes.
1: Yes, we'll be back after the break with JM DeBoard.
0: Listen as your day unfolds challenge what the future holds try and keep your head up to the sky love us they may hold stay with you us there's lots ahead, more great conversation to come on Motherhood Talk Radio with Sandra Beck right after these messages you're to be you're to be, be bold you're to be wiser you're gonna be
5: if you're ready for a big change in your work, your career, your happiness, your life, it's time for the Million Dollar Mindset with Marla Tabaka. Monday afternoons at 2, 1 central on toginet.com. Marla believes that with the right mindset, anything is possible. Join us as successful life coach Marla Tabaka inspires you and her clients to explore That's M-A-R-L-A-T-A-B-A-K-A dot com. It's the Million Dollar Mindset with Marla Tabaka. Monday afternoons at 2, 1 p.m. Central on Togenet.com. It's Tokenhead.com.
4: Recently, while my family was skiing in Colorado, we were greeted by a red fox that darted out of the trees. This beautiful animal with his big bushy tail just stood in the snow and stared right at us. Maybe he smelled all the loverwort we had in our pockets. Loverwort is another word for junk and snack food. Typically, a red fox eats scrub and woodland, but this one appeared to have had his share of hamburgers and hot dogs from the chalet grill. Foxes are similar to dogs, except they are not pack animals. The female fox, or vixen, typically gives birth to a litter of 2 to 12 pups. When they are young, they all live together as a family, known as a leash of foxes. Once grown, the young foxes leave the burrow and go out to live on their own. It's
0: Marching
4: Day I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words.
0: Remember, as your day unfolds. Challenge what the future holds. Trying to keep your head up to the sky. Welcome back to Motherhood Talk Radio with Sandra Beck, bringing you interesting, influential, and inspiring guests every week, helping you make a difference in your world and the world around us. Let's get back to the show. Here's Sandra Beck.
1: Hey, mamas! This is Sandra Beck, and I'm here with J.M. Deboard and his books are Dreams One, Two, Three, and he also has the Dream Interpretation Dictionary. And J.M., what was that other anthology or that other book you were talking about?
2: Um, you know, my first oh, uh, Sleep Monsters and Superheroes. Um, That's it. Sleep great. Monsters yeah. and
1: Superheroes.
2: Yeah, um it's written by uh Claire Johnson and Jean Campbell. They are both uh big names in the world of the study of dreams and um they are also their their mothers they uh have put together a team of experts to help to explain to people in very kind of simple, straightforward step-by-step ways. This is how you talk to your children about your dreams. This is how you understand your own dreams about your children. This is how you empower your children through creative dream play. So I encourage you to to go and check it out. I'm looking at it on Amazon right now. And of course it's at bookstores and other places.
1: That's so great. What I want to talk about now is uh, dreams and pregnancy because I had some wild and crazy dreams. I mean, I don't think I dreamed as much as I've dreamed in my lifetime as I did when I were pregnant with both kids.
2: Mm. Yeah, you were probably uh, uh, taking a hormone bath and, uh, you know, the major changes in your body uh, are going to spark dreams. And in fact, there have been studies that showed that women have um, some of their most intense uh, dreaming while they are pregnant. So, yeah, I would love to get into that. You know, um, the if you go to my blog, uh, really my my site for dream interpretation is dreams123.net. And uh, if you look over on the right sidebar, uh, scroll down a little bit to the most popular post, you'll see number two is Pregnancy Dreams Interpreted. And it's I wrote this in response to the many questions that I would get about what does it mean to be pregnant in dreams? What does it mean to give birth? Uh, uh, and I, so I've compiled um, the best information that I can get and um, put together a lot of dreams from examples. This is what, you know, people have had these dreams and, and here, here are examples and here's how to interpret and understand them. And this is the message and the meaning of it. So the first thing I think is to understand is, is that most uh, dreams about pregnancy are are unrelated to actual pregnancy. Most of the time it's used as a metaphor. It's symbolism. Now, you can be pregnant with an idea, a thought, a feeling. You know, this is a figure of speech that people use. They say, oh, man, I've got I'm pregnant with that idea. Well, what does it mean? I need to get it out of me. You know, what does it mean? It's gestating inside of you. Um, if you give birth, you know think of times when people say, "Hey, you know, um I gave birth to that project. It means that well, you know, I went through a period of gestation, and now somehow it 's been brought into the world you know um these are very popular ways that dreams uh the of pregnancy and uh, uh and giving birth are used as metaphors and symbolism um you know when um when men dream that they're pregnant and this might sound like a total like, Oh, that can't happen. Well, you're right. It can't, at least not yet. Men, men can't get pregnant. So it tells you right away, there's a huge discrepancy with reality here. And it, you know that it has to be symbolism. So if a man dreams that he's pregnant, it means that there is something that is inside of him that is coming out in the most general, simple sort of way. That is what it's saying. There is something inside of you in your emotional body, in your psychological body that is growing, and if you give birth to it, then it means it's coming out of you. And an example that I used in Dreams One Two Three, uh, my first book about dreams, is there was a man who dreamed that he—he's a college-age male. And he dreamed that he was pregnant and he was in the hospital. He's giving birth. Now, the doctor is a guy who was a friend of his from high school. And the doctor was the father of the baby. So now we have a really interesting scenario to, you know, deconstruct and understand because he's a guy, he's pregnant, he's giving birth. And the baby is the the doctor of is also the father of the baby. And is there to help to deliver it. And so we started digging through this and we started with the first step is to make associations with the things that you see in your dreams. And we thought a very rich place was to, for making associations was with the guy who was the, uh, shown as the doctor in the dream. And he's like, well, you know, he was a friend of mine in high school. We were, we weren't like besties or anything, but he was, a, you know, he was a friend. And, um, you know, I said, well, what are the two, you know, give me a few words that come to mind as soon as you think about this person. And he goes right off the top of my head. He goes, the guy was really hardworking and he was successful. You know, he was a big guy on the football team. They won a state championship. You know, this really you know, the guy, the guy really worked hard. He had a lot of success in his life. And I said, well, how do you relate to that idea? He said, well, you know, this is funny is I have, recently decided that i am going to be a more successful person and i remembered my friend's example that how how hard he worked you know that he would get up early in the morning you know and and working out and getting on the field and he was studying hard and he was doing everything and every day this guy was structuring his friend was structuring his time so that he would be successful and he worked very hard at it he was very disciplined and i said okay so you are now showing this in your own life. And it is something that is growing inside of you. The thought grew inside of you and it began with, I want to be more successful in in my life. And then your mind reached out to who are the best examples in my life of people who've been successful. This friend comes to mind or just the example of the friend rubbed off on you and you said, okay, you know, well, this is what I have to do. I have to be more disciplined, more structured in my life. I have to work harder Then I will be successful using and, uh, and I have examples to go by to show That if I do these things, that I'll get the results that I want. So that is a great example, Sandra, of a way that your dreams can use uh, uh, pregnancy and giving birth as um, uh, symbolism. And it's a way of deconstructing the symbolism of the dream to show where the meaning and significance of in your life. Now, you, Sandra, as a creative person, you also know that uh, when you have a creative idea, what can you compare it to? Do you anything come to mind off the top of your oh, head? Oh, yeah. Giving
1: yeah. Birth. yeah. Giving birth. Well, like being you, write a book and yeah. you finish it Yeah. That's the first thing people say. Oh, my gosh. You know, isn't it like giving birth?
2: It is. And that is a great example. Anything that you do that is creative, because a child is a creation and a parallel with The process of creativity, uh, when it begins as an idea, that is conception then it goes through the stages of maybe thinking through it and planning what you're going to do with it. If you're an artist, it might be you have an idea for a picture and now you work it through in your mind. And sometimes the real work is what goes on in your head ahead of time before you ever pick up the paintbrush or before you sit down at a computer or whatever and you start typing. Creativity extends to many areas of Life and, you know, it, it could be you have a project like, hey, I, I want to make my house more beautiful. Uh, I want to um, come up with a better marketing campaign. I want to, you know, anyway, these are examples of ways that you use creativity in your life, and it ways that you can have parallels to or metaphors for creativity through uh, pregnant, the symbolism of pregnancy and the symbolism of giving birth. I had, uh, uh, somebody who came to Reddit dreams where I'm Reddit, you know, I'm the uh, dream expert over there. And they, she said that she had a dream about giving birth to three dead fetuses. Now, if you just look at the overt story, this is kind of horrifying. You know, this is like, Oh my you know, three dead fetuses, you know, every mom out there would be like, God, oh, that's, that's a nightmare there. Right. Well, The thing about dreams is you have to step back from them and see the story that is going on in the dream. And the story in this case is the woman who had the dream started three art projects. She's also her day job is she's an office manager. Her day job suddenly got really busy. She had to put the art projects aside. She was going to there. She knew that there was an art showing coming up and that she had space if she wanted it. But first she had to complete the projects and they were important to her, but her day job got in the way. So giving birth to three dead fetuses is in this case, it means these three projects have basically died in the sense of they lost their momentum I know another woman, uh, a college student who was dreamed about giving she was pregnant and giving birth to five or she was pregnant with five babies. And in the dream, she's going, how in the world am I going to do all this? You know, if I, you know, she's like, okay, these are my these are my babies. I'm going to keep them, you know, and uh, I'm going to give birth to them and I'm going to find a way of taking care of them. But damn, five, you know, and of course, any mom that finds out that she's pregnant with five babies for real. I mean, what's the first thing that comes to mind? One word. Overwhelmed. Maybe, yeah, you know
1: money, oh my gosh, yeah, You're really how are you gonna hold this? salary in diapers
2: so this was the what we've gained from the dream was is that she had five projects that she had been given the word i was like five, this is very specific what's going on here she, as in her job training had been given five projects she was in uh computer like learning like Java and all this stuff like java the the computer language, and she was. She basically been had five projects dropped on her, and she went, oh my goodness, how am I going to do all of this? Not just how am I going to do it, how am I going to give it all the time and attention that I want to? And here was the clincher. When I asked her about the projects and possibly the connection to the dream, I said – do you think of these as like your babies or your kids or these projects, you know? And she said, yes, they are. They're my babies. They're my children. I think about them that way. I and it's a way for her to give it her all it, it mentally when she thinks about these projects as being her babies, as being her children. It's a way of saying that she can give her all to it because that's how she feels about programming and you know working with technology and computers it's something that really you know excites her and brings forth her dedication and her passion so these are ways sandra that you can look at your dreams about pregnancy um there are a lot more twists on it and i know we have a break coming up but if you want to we can delve a little further into this and i can give some specific advice about women who uh dream that they're pregnant and ways that you can use that to you know help yourself out so maybe we can keep on the subject
1: I think so. We'll be back after the break.
0: Stay with us. There's lots more great conversation to come on Motherhood Talk Radio with Sandra Beck right after these messages. I am beautiful
4: do You're like me. Sometimes you have trouble choosing between being a couch potato or going out. Hey, it's a big decision for us scabberlatchers. A scabberlatcher or a -a ragabash is another word for a lazy person. Well, a couple from California seems to have solved the problem by inventing a motorized sofa. You may think they're just spinning their wheels, but people have spotted the couple cruising down the street on their drivable Davenport in West Los Angeles and Santa Monica. No word yet on the couple's identity, but a man claiming to be a relative said, It's all well within the norm for his fun-loving cousin. I don't know if this Chesterfield on wheels is street legal, but either way, I think the police would have to put up quite a chase before they could coach you I'm Carolyn Davidson and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app to funny for Word.
5: In today's business world a helping hand or idea that doesn't come with an invoice is a treasured find and if that happens to you then you need to pay it forward to keep other entrepreneurs from making mistakes or getting a raw deal. It's called Paying It Forward with Josephine Girasi Wednesday mornings at 10, 9 a.m. Central. Josephine is going to have the guests describe their accomplishments, the lessons they've learned, both good and bad, and then sharing those pieces of knowledge as we create a movement of Paying It Forward. For more information about Josephine, her business, and background, you can go to MyMomKnowsBest.com. Josephine Jirasi has always been a problem solver. She saw this need and has turned it into a movement. It's Paying It Forward with tips, tools, and advice and hard lessons learned. These pieces of knowledge can make a huge difference for you, your business, and others. So join us for Paying It Forward with Josephine Jirasi, Wednesday mornings at 10 a.m., 9 a.m. Central on DoggyNet.com.
0: back to Motherhood Talk Radio with Sandra Beck, bringing you interesting, influential, and inspiring guests every week, helping you make a difference in your world and the world around us. Let's get back to the show. Here's Sandra Beck.
1: Hey, mamas, this is Sandra Beck, and I'm here with J.M. DeBoard, and we are talking today about dreams. Now, if you want to get a copy of his book, Dreams 123, or the Dream Interpretation Dictionary, head to Amazon and get your copy. They're super cool. I have my own set here in the office. Now, J.M., I want to hear about some of these interesting twists and tricks and things that happen, you know, in dreams when we are pregnant, or we dream about pregnancy, and how they what are some unusual ways that that women have used this phenomena
2: well, you know uh, the metaphor uh, for pr- the the different ways that you can go metaphorically figuratively symbolically with pregnancy the possibilities just open up, and the dreams like to make connections between ideas. This is how dreams tell the stories using symbolism so there, I have run across some really clever variations on um, the and twists on the idea of pregnancy that was used to describe what was going on in the person's life at the time. Now, you know, think about first when is you know pregnant mothers are given special consideration and attention. So, any time in your life when that is you know the case with you. You could dream about yourself as being pregnant because you're kind of that, you know, you're in a special place. Every day is your birthday. You know, you are you're you're pregnant. So, of course, you're going to get special consideration, special attention. Another way is when you say that you are pregnant, you are what you are anticipating. So a dream will begin with that idea and then use pregnancy to say that you are anticipating something. I saw a very clever use of this with a man who dreamed that his boyfriend was pregnant, and I was looking at the dream. I'm like, there's is, there is something here. He, there was a reference to his parents and all this. And I'm like, you know, what are you anticipating in your life, especially involved with your parents and your boyfriend? And he said, Well, my parents haven't met my boyfriend yet, but I'm we, we have a date set, and we're all going to get together. And he's like, I I am very much anticipating this because it's very important for them to, you know, accept and love my boyfriend the same that I do. So anticipating is the reason why he dreams that his boyfriend is pregnant. And, of course, his boyfriend is shown as pregnant because what the dreamer is anticipating is in anticipation of his boyfriend meeting his parents. So um, I had... I know. Isn't that great? You know, these are very clever ways that dreams use to tell their stories and they can branch out in many different directions. So here's one. A young man dreams that his girlfriend, his ex-girlfriend, is pregnant. Now, what would be the first thing that many guys out there would think is like, oh, crap, you know, did yes. I, you know, but again, it's a metaphor. So. Here, here it is. It freaks him out in the dream, and he immediately thinks of telling her to abort. He feels guilty about it, right? But the dream has nothing to do with actual pregnancy. It's about leaving a part of yourself behind inside of that person. If he they've broken up, it's his ex-girlfriend. He dreams that she's pregnant. Now, if your ex-girlfriend has your baby, it literally means that a part of you is still inside of her her and if you look at that as a metaphor, then you look at it as saying that he left part of himself behind in the relationship. So I know isn't that that is great you know now here's another one there was a young woman who uh, asked me for help with a dream um, that was she had a recurring dream that she was pregnant. And she was far too, she was along too far to abort. And she didn't remember ever having sex to get pregnant in the dream. But what she does remember very well is that she catches hell from it, from her family. And she, in during the dream, she's going, but I didn't have sex. How can I be pregnant? Why are you blaming me for something that I did not do? Bottom line right there. That's your association. You're being blamed for something that you did not do. That's the simplest way of explaining the story. Step back from the pregnancy aspect of it. Pregnancy is just used to say... Hey, if you did get pregnant for real, how would you 16 years old? How would your family react? Well, there would be hell to pay for one, but two in the dream, that was the key detail was is that she goes, wait, how could I be pregnant? I didn't have sex. So, and what we looked at was she's felt like she was constantly being blamed for things that she did not do by her family. So, you know, this is these are very, you know, clever twists and variations to the way that dreams, um, you know, create symbolism based off of pregnancy. But you can get into, say, a little bit more literal. You know, of course, dreams can tell you that you're pregnant. Your body has an early warning system, early detection system. And I have interpreted many, many dreams where uh, women were told. And fathers were told that children were on the way in their lives. Sometimes the woman is already pregnant. Sometimes it's something that they are planning to do, that they want to do. Sometimes it's the thought that hasn't even really crossed their minds yet, and they are told months and even years ahead of time that they're going to have a baby. They're, and they're, they've even I've even seen cases where they said, "I knew what to name the child." I knew everything about this child years before it ever came into our lives. And so... But dreams can also, you know, get into side issues like, you know, there was a girl who uh, came to Reddit, 25 years old, thought maybe one of these days, maybe she might have children. But it was very far remote thought to her. And she had dreamed that she had a little baby boy. She even gave him a name. He had a nickname. She said he was absolutely beautiful. Uh, she remembers like looking at him in the eye, stroking his cheek, you know, feeling this really strong love for this kid. And she when she woke up, you know, she really felt this sense of loss and she decided I'm going to have this baby. I'm not it's I'm not going to run out now and get pregnant, but I am going to plan In my life, I am going I I, this is now something I know that I must do. It's no longer a maybe, it's no longer a possibly. This is something I am going to be a mother and I can start today preparing for this. I can decide that I am going to have the right job that allow me the time off. I'm going to have the insurance that covers maternity. You know, I'm going to have the right partner, the husband or partner to raise this child with. I'm going to prepare my body. I'm going to take yoga classes, you know, like whatever it is, like whatever you need to do, prepare. I'm going to have money in the bank. I'm going to do these things. And you will make that possibility for having a child in the future, you will make it much more of a reality. I have even seen examples, Sandra, of women who swore they would never have children, and then they have a dream that is so realistic and they hold that baby in their arms and they look at it in the eyes and they wake up in the morning and they go, holy crap, I really do want to have a kid. I thought that I didn't want to, but dreams are fully realistic simulations. It is, it is not a hypothetical. That baby that you're holding is not like a doll, you know, it's, it's, it's not, It it is real. It is real to you at the time. And you respond in dream as if you are actually a mother holding your baby. And it can totally change your mind because that experience is really, really powerful. So – You know, these are some examples we've seen uh, pregnancy as metaphor for, you know, creativity, for getting something out of you, for giving birth to something in the figurative sense. You know, we've seen it as uh, clever twists and variations such as what are you anticipating? You know, what are you being blamed for? How do you feel special? Dreams that show you that you are actually going to have a child in the future And I want to give – to tell women out there that you can dream about young animals – as substitutes for your children you won't always dream directly about your about babies and children that you can dream about symbols for them so keep an eye out for um for dreams about like puppies kittens you know if you have a child and you call him or her your little tiger and then you dream about a tiger cub well you know hey make the connection you know it might not be obvious at first but once you step back and you go oh wait i'm dreaming about my little tiger you know um pregnant women can also dream this is a very common process or a common theme uh, is to dream about what is going on in your body as you get pregnant and as you go through this process. And one of the things that is very common is to dream about something that is burrowing into you because Sandra what is happening oh, inside of your body? I the
1: alien belly dream where I was sitting watching TV in my dream and a hand came out my belly button like Wah! I almost jumped out of my skin, rolled out of bed like, <gasps> you know, cuz it yeah, it was the alien baby.
2: Yeah, and that because it is something that is foreign that is now inside of your body, and foreign and alien are words that are can be used interchangeably, and dreams that that's all they need they go okay if it's foreign it's alien if it's alien it's foreign and if it's foreign to you uh, then you know so you have this foreign body that is now inside of you and of course it's reaching out through your belly because you are pregnant right um, so yeah these are um, uh, these are very great um, uh, examples and one of the last ones that's come up a lot on my blog go to dreams123.net look up pregnancy on there it's right there on the sidebar is dreaming about having a pregnant Test and what it can mean is test. What does that mean? Well, it can be a test of your intentions, it can be a test of your resolve. A positive pregnancy test can mean I'm positive about my prospects of getting pregnant. A negative pregnancy test could mean, Hey, it's not happening, I'm feeling negative about the situation. It can also mean, Hey, feel positive about this, it hasn't happened yet, but if you keep trying, it will happen so um, go to my blog and check it out there's a lot of examples there dreams123.net and um, of course I talk about pregnancy, children and a lot of related things in my book The Dream Interpretation Dictionary Symbol, Signs and Meanings um, it's uh, out now and uh, hitting the market and uh, selling really well it's getting a lot of really great responses because people are finding that I have given them something that cuts through all the jargon it makes this sub- subject so that it is simple enough to understand for everyone but thoroughly enough that it cuts really into the deep to the heart of the dream and getting its meaning and message. So thank you, Sandra, for giving me the opportunity to talk about this. I appreciate it.
1: we Will be great. We'll be back again next week with another great show from Motherhood Talk Radio.
0: Thanks for being with us today on Motherhood Talk Radio, starring Sandra Beck, Motherhood Talk.